0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. The goal of this podcast is going to be to showcase some names and personalities you might know from things like comic books, science fiction, video games, and that sort of thing. Please pay attention at the end of the episode for links to our show notes, to our YouTube channel, and to our social media pages. Without further ado, here is my first guest, Jerry Bennett. And we're here at Comic art Scene in Oklahoma City with Jerry Bennett. And I, I want to introduce you, but I feel like I shouldn't because my wife has given the best introduction for you possible. Really? You are Oklahoma City's version of Kevin Bacon. Ha! <laughs> why, why did she say that? Because, and I completely agree with her, literally everybody I run into, if I mention I know you, they're like, oh, I know him from... Oh I, I, whether it's your professional life, your personal life, your life in the community, everybody knows you somehow, and it boggles my
1: mind. But that's he's a, the guy you want to know. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. I guess I I've ran in a lot of circles. I've gotten I've gotten to experience a lot of things, and, and considering all my roots have been in Oklahoma since day one, it doesn't surprise me that there's so many circles that I've been involved with over the years, over all the 48 years of my life, and uh, it's a, it's given me an opportunity to uh, really get to know a lot of different people, get to know a wide variety of amazing, uh, amazing personalities. There's just been a, a wealth of uh, interesting people in Oklahoma. I don't think people realize the deep culture that Oklahoma does possess, you know, I, and it's, you know, I'm sure the first... You know, Snyder Mark would be a, a be a redneck culture, but you know, I mean, that can be found too. It, obviously, it's here, but oh, yeah, I have family that's that that not that. the end of it. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, there, there's an amazing amount of culture. In fact, just in the last ten years, art, uh, I feel like has really just blossomed. Uh, I mean, and it's been it's been you know planted. It's been you know, it's been planted for decades, and I feel like we're ju- we're seeing all of that blossom now in in just a, an amazing. I, I don't know if I even want to call it Renaissance because I feel like art is I've never seen art on this scale in Oklahoma you know and so and you know and sure people have made uh made this similarity to like we're like the new Austin people will say and um, and I, I like that because like I love Austin I've got some roots in Austin myself mm-hmm. uh, but I do love that uh, that people consider us you know to have all of this amazing life that has just been springing up all over the place in in so many different forms and fashions
0: well if oklahoma city is the new austin and austin is the new
1: portland
0: is is that really the way we want to go
1: i I, you know um i i I had that argument i said if if people don't like where austin is now compared to where they were where they were you know like are we going to turn into that and i think a lot of people feel like that won't be the case with us because we are because of the logistics and the geography, because like you know, they, Austin's a huge college. And dude. I love Austin, FYI. I mean, oh yeah, I, no, I, I, no, yeah. no, I do too. I do too. Uh, um, I think people people think that something has been lost in the spirit of what Austin was ten years ago, and I don't know if I agree with that or not. But uh, but I do I do think that Oklahoma will not be Austin for, for one size. Size is just one thing anyway. Austin's just immense, and they've. Um, They've had to, like, redistrict themselves just to be able to fit all of Austin in it. And um, we don't have that uh, worry necessarily um, or concern. But I do like that we have all the talent mm-hmm. to make Oklahoma City and all the surrounding areas uh, a beautiful place to be a part of and participate in, uh, to to dig roots in. Uh, I, I I love that... You know, we've attracted a lot of people from out of state because they recognize all the benefits of being in Oklahoma City now, you know, uh, not just culture and entertainment but uh, uh, economy. I mean, we I think—I feel like we have, we're a great growing economy, we're a great uh, spot to lay down roots, uh, you know, I mean.
0: And that, that really speaks to one of the strengths of being in, you know, in the fandom and, and appreciating science fiction and stuff throughout the, the world because you know, it used to be there was this idea that you had to be going to New York Comic-Con or San Diego Comic-Con on the coast in L.A. to really see the things that you want to see. And wherever you are, there is something in your community. There, there's, there are people there who have that passion. Absolutely.
1: I tell people all the time that you can go to a Comic-Con now in pretty much any state now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Oklahoma has at least 10, sh- ten different shows that I know of that are Comic-Con or or pop culture based. Um, we have a wealth of talent uh, in the comic book community here. I've gotten to know a ton of amazing uh, writers and artists. And a lot of them, you know, are, are, are huge names now. Uh, uh, Sterling Gates, you mm-hmm. know, uh, he he wrote for uh, Supergirl. He's from Tulsa. He graduated from OU. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in L.A. now, but he, I mean, he, he loves Oklahoma. His roots are here. And, and uh, he uh, is currently, I think, one of the one of the writers of The Flash, uh, CW. And so, and that's just the, you know, just the
0: taste of all the different talent we have. The person's name is escaping me right now, and I feel terrible. But before comic writing was computerized and they had databases and wikis for all these characters, DC Comics had a resource who was like the, he knew everything about every comic DC Comics had ever made up until that point in time, which was like the very early 90s. Oh, wow. He read everything. Wow. He lived in Sepulpa. Really? Yes, and I, I I'll have to put his name in the show notes because he, I'm yeah. blanking on it right now. Oh
1: yeah, I definitely want to know. I don't think I knew of this person. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
0: I I will look it up and I'll put it in the show notes and.
1: And yeah, I mean we've got so many different um, creators uh, that were based here throughout you know throughout our history, the creator of Dick Tracy, SpongeBob SquarePants, all from Oklahoma. So did did not know that. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I just recently got to do a, a big project for the Department of Tourism, mm-hmm. um, they're wanting to go to Comic-Cons around the surrounding areas to promote Oklahoma tourism. And so I designed all their towers and promotional items. And and uh, so I, I got to know a few things that I had not known about Oklahoma and and the wealth of talent that mm-hmm. has come from here. So, yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, and, and honestly, you know, this artist residency is proof that our, our arts have really just grown to a point of taking on uh, art that I didn't think, you know, the mainstream culture considered a viable part of the arts community, and they really have accepted comic art as, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm proof of that. So now I get to be the artist resident at the Skirvin Hilton and this year. If somebody's watching us from Sheboygan
0: or Tokyo or something, they don't necessarily know the Skirvin Hilton. The Skirvin Hilton is debatably the
1: nicest hotel in Oklahoma City. Oh, oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's. I think it. I don't know how many five-star hotels we have in the area, but this is one of the very few, and, and the historic nature... If, yeah, I was going to say, it's historic, it's a landmark.
0: Oh, yeah, because there, there are very few... This, this, is, this is Oklahoma's equivalent of staying at the Waldorf
1: or the Statler. Exactly, that's exactly right, yeah. Some guests that had come in were saying, I feel like this is the building that the Ghostbusters would have mm-hmm. run into, and like, well, yeah. In fact, I'm even drawing a Ghostbusters-themed scurvy piece, so yeah. Okay, so... So, yeah. I've got a Tulsa bit for you here. Okay.
0: Okay. The towers right by Oral Roberts University. The City Flex Towers. Yeah. Somebody asked me to describe them. Okay. And I'm like, well, it's a giant, interestingly, the aesthetics are interesting. Let's put it that way. It's, it was designed by a religious eccentric, and it makes no architectural sense. It's essentially the apartment building from
1: Ghostbusters. I know, right? It's Oklahoma
0: Spook Central. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I mean, mm-hmm. there's very few... Gr- I mean, you, you know, we've, we had some great examples of amazing architecture uh, before the 70s. Um, you know, so, so There were so many amazing pieces of architecture that was in downtown Oklahoma City before they got torn down for urban renewal. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Uh, the Skirvin is one of those uh, pieces of architecture that has remained to this day and you know it it had been closed for a number of years and the Hilton finally you know bought and and renovated with the help of Oklahoma City Um, and so yeah now it's an amazing place and that they have this space to offer an artist to do their thing and so it's, it's a huge blessing for me Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, you're going to. What's your plan for the day? You've got all these great uh, comic panels laid out here. You got some of your prints, and people are going to be coming in to watch what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like my, my my normal day. Uh, <clears throat> I get to be here for a longer day today, uh, being a Saturday. Uh, uh, the Skirvin likes uh, for me to be able to to spend some time with the guests, and the guests are usually uh, more open, or available. Around evenings and Saturdays, you know, because that's when people stay Mm -hmm. at hotels usually. Right. Uh, And so, uh, uh, I'll I'll usually be working on stuff. I I got several projects that I'm working on, several different comic book projects, a few commissions, a few just a few one off, uh, just having fun with comic pieces. And um, and in the meantime, people can come in and watch me work, or they can come in look at my gallery. They can buy prints. They can just look at my prints. Uh, They can talk art. I love to talk shop about comic art and the history of comics. And then I have all these fun activities where uh, uh, kids of all ages and sizes can come and learn different uh, aspects of creating comic art.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: And that's one of the things I like about you
0: personally. I mean, I've talked to a lot of comic artists, and I like them all for their own reasons. What I love about you is that you have a real talent – for grabbing those young minds and pushing them in the direction of developing theirs. Well,
1: thank and, you. And that, you're quite welcome, but thank you for doing that. Oh, I, it's a huge blessing to be able to just to sh- share my love uh, of comic art and encourage people in their art, you know. Especially, I, I, I get a chance to do a lot of school visits or invite schools to come visit the studio. and So I've had art clubs from different places. I just went to uh, my alma mater, USAO, and did a... Uh, uh, an art lecture talking about life after college you know mm-hmm. like what it takes to succeed you know how to, how to make it um, and then i got to do like this masterclass uh just getting into the real nitty gritty of being an artist and uh, especially in this particular field and so i they asked a lot of really great bleh, really great questions about uh, how to make it specifically in this field of comic art so so yeah it's great um and in fact i'm getting to uh uh really get to know a lot more of the comic art community as i get to meet these because because like there is such a new generation rising of comic artists comic writers creators uh at all these schools and so it's um, it's neat to see that new generation come up and get to help them find their place in that world so yeah it's awesome out of
0: who all the people you've managed to talk to in the past? I mean, we've known each other over ten years at yeah. this point. Yeah, ah. who who are you so happy that you got to meet that you got to swap a few words with? Oh goodness, that's uh, I'm not asking you name
1: one person, but just just to, right. to pick a name doesn't have to be the top name. Well, um, pretty early on in my uh, in my uh, attending Comic Cons. In fact, I think it was one of my first big conventions that I got to go to in Baltimore. Uh, my favorite comic artist, Stuart, Amo- Stuart Amonin, him and his wife were there, and so I, I got to chat with him for a little bit, and it was just amazing to see him and his art and his stuff there. Um, uh, I've gotten to meet a lot of really unique uh, comic artists. Uh, gosh, I got to meet Darwin Cook before he passed away. Um, super super down to earth guy um <clears throat> oh i'll tell you what one of um I got to meet a few editors and art directors at like d c and Marvel. I mm-hmm. uh, had a really great portfolio critique from one of the senior editors at Marvel Nick Lowe, and he was just a real cool guy and 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 was and he was he knew how to give a critique it was a very uh honest yet uh gentle and uh, caring critique, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I think a lot of people don't know how to give a proper critique, and Mm -hmm. and Nick uh, did know how to do that, and and, uh, so he shared a lot of really great pointers with me uh, about what Marvel specifically was looking for in their comic work, and so that was really amazing. And then I had a great critique from the art director, former art director, as of of just a few months ago, um, uh, at DC Comics. Um, Ah! whose name I'm totally blank. Same on. thing that happened to yeah, me. Yeah, uh, sorry. Hate that. I, yeah, no, no, it happens. I uh especially at my age it happens, but uh uh gosh, what's his name? He's an amazing artist. He did the artwork for a uh a one-shot special uh called Batman Houdini. It was like one of those I Else did not World. read that one. You you know all those Elseworld titles that yeah, you DC oh, made Yeah.
0: Those are my bread and butter. I love those. Oh things. yeah, they're
1: amazing. They're amazing. Well, this is one of the really good ones as far as the art and story is concerned. The uh the art was his uh Mark Ciarello. I knew okay. I was gonna get the name, but I kept thinking about where his name, because like he has a specific signature, mm-hmm. and I I can usually remember what those look like, and so, so Mark Ciarello was the art director of DC for, oh my gosh, decades, mm-hmm. and and um, he gave me a really great critique, and it was just like in your face and fun. Mm-hmm. It was it, it's 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 neat to see all these different styles of critiquing, and he had a really fun one. I mean, he just like said. Ah, I swear I can't believe you did that. I saw want to punch in your gut. you did that, I, it, it, but he said it in such a way, mm-hmm. like he, you know, he doesn't. He is not talking down to you. He's 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 honest, but he's, but he's, uh, free, 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 freewheeling. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't think of a better word. But uh, it was just a really fun, fun critique, and mm-hmm. and I walked away learning a lot from him as well. And so, so it was amazing. So, uh, they're among some of my favorite people that I've met. And locally, I mean, there's oh man, there's a treasure of people that I've met here. Um, in fact, one of them, uh, uh, he had a show just this week, uh, Mike Wimmer. He's been a fantastic friend and an amazing talent. Uh, his art is just uh, eons ahead of anyone's I know. His, his illustration work is gorgeous. He has a show he just uh, recently opened called I Will Work For, and he had a number of people... Uh, he gave a, he gave them all a cardboard sign and kind of did that classic I'll work for food kind of sign, you know, and, and had them create their own sign, and he did a portrait of them, you know, with that, and it was just a really neat, neat concept, and uh, it just allowed for, uh, just for us as a culture, just to know, you know, what kind of stories we are wanting to participate in, the kind of stories that we want to tell, and... Um, and be a part of, and so it was just a neat show to see his his. Uh, and he he's he's delved in so many things. Like he designed a bunch of illustration work for uh, those Celestial Seasonings tea boxes. You know, he did the art for a bunch of those, and and the Lion King uh, soundtrack art. He did the art for the soundtrack, the original one.
0: You have any big projects coming up?
1: Oh yeah, um, I, I'm actually working on three comic book projects right now, and so it's taking up a lot of my time. I, I uh, just finished up a lot of commissions that I've been trying to catch up on, getting those out of the way, so I can focus on those comic book projects. One of them is a, uh, a super fun collaboration with Charles Martin of Literati Press. He uh, is an amazing, amazing guy, uh, an amazing comic writer, amazing writer, period. Uh, but uh, he loves one of my stories that I've had a concept for for a while, and uh, he had been wanting to collaborate on a project for some time with me and, and I was stoked that he wanted to and so i when i'd shown him that story he was totally on board and so he's been writing some amazing scripts for it and so um, I, that's one of the things i'm really working on uh, and then i i've i got a a writer illustrator illustration writing illustrating project that i'm writing and illustrating myself mm-hmm. Um, I'm really into like younger age graphic novels and stories. And so this one story that I'd written originally as a picture book, uh, a wordless picture book, I've gotten a lot of great critiques on them. And the main thing all the editors have said is maybe this would serve better as a graphic novel, as a comic. And so I'm in the, in the process of writing it, and I've been drawing pages on it, trying to nail down the new look for this comic. And so that's another big project I'm working on. Uh, and then a, a fun project with a, uh, a successful Scholastic author that lives in the area, Kim Ventrella. Uh, her and I have a, a fun project that we've been wanting to work on. So, so we're in, so I've I've got my my uh, irons and lots of fires. So it's 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 super fun to be just busy with things. And then I got so many other projects that i been wanting to do. Um, I do get to finally announce uh, that I'm working with. Uh, uh, Cryptozoic on a new set that's based around. Uh, I'm doing sketch cards uh, for their trading card set of called uh, superheroes and villains of the DC cinematic universe. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so, so. you get to you do the cinema versions of the the classic
0: characters. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, any, that's fun.
1: Anything from Batman Begins to Shazam. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I, I would want to go up totally old school, which is probably why they didn't pick oh, me. I would too. I mean, like, of course, I would love to have drawn like a Jack Nicholson Joker mm-hmm. or a or Christopher Reeves Superman, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm a Robert Lowry Batman guy. I know. Oh I'm... my!
0: Oh, <laughs> you're old school. Oh, very, very. You are old. School. I love it when people are like, "Dude, Batman." The first time they showed Batman was was in when Adam West like, no, 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 no.
1: You're about two decades too late. Thank you very much. I would love to someday do just a this collage piece of all the different Batman actors mm-hmm. or all the Superman actors, because that's a wealth of actors mm-hmm. that have portrayed Batman or Superman. Because, um, like, I think there was... A, wasn't there a Superman before George Reeves, even? There was Kirk Allen. Kirk Allen, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... The, Which, I
0: mean, I mean, if you watch it now, it, it seems so... I'm going to use the word hokey. But it was a great representation of what he was oh, at shit. that time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... And and there are several versions of Superman that that kind of can relate to that Mm -hmm. version, which I mean I think that's the Superman everyone knows and loves, at least in my opinion. um, And I think the proof of that is he was a little more violent,
0: a little more intimidating, but still basically the Boy Scout. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, like uh, what I will often tell people is that the nineteen sixty six Adam West Batman was more authentic to the comic books of that era yes. than the 1989 movie was to the comic books of its era. Right, right. And, I mean, yeah, well, that's true. That's very true. And I, mean, it's, it's, and I like the 89 movie. Oh, I do too. But, I mean, it was a movie first and a comic book movie second. Yes, yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I, and I understand Tim Burton, you know, likes to ha- likes He did his thing. He did his thing. That's what it was. It was his vision. So, um, and, and he, a lot of the visions of the Batman through the years... Have kind of like been their own thing. I mean, because like you know the Christopher Nolan Batman's. I mean, I feel like it, it was unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can compare it to any of the comics necessarily. Um, so yeah, it Nolan's movies were a great way of proving that
0: you could make a Batman that was fleshed out the way the comics were. As, even though it didn't quite. Encompass the whole universe. They had to oh, cut sure. things short, especially in the third movie. But sure. they did it when you didn't think it could be done. Right. Yeah. I mean, they gave the the most realistic aspect mm-hmm. feel to that. You could see this actually happening in the outside your window if you let it yourself believe it. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And and I you know I know, I I try not to be a hater. You know, and, and that's why I I feel like the Justice League movie is not the worst thing out there. Um, I know a lot of people don't like. You know, that, this new version of... I haven't seen it yet,
0: so I'm going <laughs> to... Well, okay. Okay, here's the thing. I, I saw Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. I had feelings. <laughs> okay. And I decided Justice League was a movie I could wait on for another day. Okay. I'm still waiting. You are still waiting. It, it will happen. Will it? it? It might will involve it? me having the flu and, and you know, some cold medicine, but it will happen. So you need to be under a certain state in order to watch it? I think, you know, they're doing some other things that look like they're positive. I heard good things about Wonder Woman and Aquaman. You haven't seen Wonder Woman? I have not.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm
0: really behind. But there's so many movies out there now, it's like I have to pace myself or I get in comic book movie overload.
1: I don't know what that is, man. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It took me two weeks to finally see Captain Marvel, so... uh, Well... Yeah.
0: Bear in mind, it is 2019, and I've spent the past two years getting down on my knees and thanking the stars that I now have new Star Trek and new MST3K, <laughs> where I was without both for almost 20 years. So I, I have to be thankful.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: We're, we're getting oh, yeah. rained upon in terms of content.
1: Uh, and I haven't watched Discovery yet, so I need to... Ah, okay. Now, see, I'm there every I, week. I, I'm ready that, to go. That does not surprise me. So, mm-hmm. But I am... I'm going to jump into the CBS All Access train when the Picard series comes out. As well, you should. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I'm already thinking. I'm already just. I'm already dreaming hard about about what that can be. I, I love. I love. I love the possibilities. So, I'll tell you this about Discovery.
0: If you watch the Next Gen or DS9 or Enterprise or any of the, the fairly recent Star Treks, yeah. you watch the first three episodes, you know where you're going with this. Okay. You don't know where you're going with Discovery. Really? You have to be willing to take the whole season ride. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, and why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you stay for the, for the whole thing? Well, you, a lot of people who are expecting those kinds of experiences, Godfist is like, where is it going? Why is there a story? Why is there a new mission each week? They're doing something different, and you got to let them do
1: that. Well, sure. I, and, I mean, honestly, that's what the Star Trek experience is about, you know, boldly going in new mm-hmm. frontiers. Why can't they do that creatively, mm-hmm. you know, as creators? So There's I,
0: a whole universe of possibilities. Oh, yeah.
1: You? Oh, yeah. So, and, and I'm one of those guys who r- really likes... I've seen, you know, pictures, obviously, mm-hmm. and I like the design of the Klingons. I haven't seen much about, you know, vision. I mean, I, like, as far as the actual episodes and the story, I, I don't know much about them, but... But the design, they look amazing, so um, there's going to be, of course, haters about new designs of, mm. of of that of that Klingon world and and because like I, I mean, I, obviously we are all thrown when we saw the the JJ Abram version of Klingons. yeah, which I was a fan of that I was, yeah. I was too, I was too. I that was great. So yeah, I was really sad that they didn't go further with the Klingons in for Star Trek 3. Which, I mean, not that I'm against Star Trek 3, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, I figured that would have just been the next step, you know? But, so, yeah. Lots
0: of things. You've got people coming in shortly, and yeah. I want to let you go. Okay. But now, people are going to want to
1: know where they can get a hold of you, so where can they go to get more Jerry Bennett? Okay, uh, I'm most involved with my Instagram, so that is at uh, artistjerrybennett, with two Ts at the end. Um... And I do have a Facebook with the same name, um, and that's pretty much it. And you can message me through those if you have questions or any, mm-hmm. anything. Or just just uh, feel free to follow. I'm always putting up new art, new pieces. They can order some of these awesome prints through there. <laughs> they can. I do have an Etsy store, and so I uh, and I have a T Public store. So I have a ton of T-shirt designs uh, based on a lot of my prints, and so uh, they can go to my T Public store, which is also Artist Jerry Bennett. I think my Etsy is also Arch Jerry Bennett. I'm trying to stay to a theme, obviously.
0: They will... They, all this will be in the show notes, so don't worry about that. Awesome. Okay. awesome. Thank you so much, man. I would love to have you back anytime. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. On. And that concludes our first episode. I would like to thank you all for listening, and I would like to again thank Jerry Bennett for being the first guest on the Hungry Trilobite podcast. If you'd like to get more... We have our show notes at my website, www.aaronbosig.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to our Twitter, and check our YouTube feed. Thank you much, and we'll see you in about three weeks.